Welcome to episode 35 of Echo Screen, a podcast on the internet. Uh, my name is Blaze. With me this week is Aaron. That is me. Hey, Aaron. Uh, it's just the two of us this week. Unfortunately. So, yeah, Rob had to bail, but that's okay. And we couldn't find anyone else because and now I'm stuck here. Are busy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm uh, happy to be here wow. on this most joyous of days. Just the two of us, you know. Uh, it reminds me of a game I played this past week called Haven. Oh. Wow. Sick segue, all right? Am Who's right? who? What? Oh, it doesn't really matter. It's just because it's a game about two people. But they're in a relationship, which Aaron and I are not in that. But, um, mm. yeah. Anyway. Some would argue that. <laughs> no one would argue that. Anyway, Haven is a, a game by uh, The Game Works, if I'm not mistaken came out december 3rd of uh, 2020 and it was like day one on game pass as well as like mm -hmm. everywhere else but i played it on uh game pass which i got from the game awards uh when it was like new users uh sign up for like for one dollar you get three months so i did yes. that um and before i think you can go back to earlier episodes of this this same podcast and said that I would never use a service like Game Pass because I don't even <laughs> play games like that much on my PC. But uh, wow, do I like Game Pass? And yeah, now you learn to plug your controller into your computer. Yeah, I have an Xbox controller. Thing. Yeah, I mean, but I do, I do like it. I don't like sitting in my like desk chair and playing games. I like want to go over to my couch or whatever. But um, maybe someday I'll get a Series X, which I totally would like get a Series X and play all these game pass games because that is just like yeah, I, I like the console experience even if um i can do the same thing with my pc it's just like kind of that bit of removal because i work on my pc you know so um but yeah like a separation between office and that kind of thing but between yeah. church and state i understand yep today is also inauguration day which aaron jokingly mis like uh, mentioned at the beginning before we started recording and now i'm talking about it so uh that wasn't what i was talking about hopefully better better uh stuff in the u.s going forward at least for four years right am i right uh anyway it kind of feels like a little bit of a weight off our shoulders but uh just a like a brief like like we are allowed to breathe which we haven't been for four years haha anyway yeah i was referring to today being uh 120 2021 there's only three numbers and the date that you have to use it's pretty easy to remember uh, i didn't know anything else was happening today so oh okay yeah um sorry for the for the writing um yeah so haven is a game where you play it's like um, it's like co-op which i didn't play a co-op i it's like an rpg and there's like the combat is turn-based but it's almost rhythm like it's like rock paper scissors but you can like kind of like go into this rhythm with the way you like the mechanics work um the soundtrack is by this uh this artist called danger and they're like really like known for um their instrumentals they worked uh significantly on the uh fury soundtrack it was a bunch of artists but i think danger did um more songs than everyone else on it hmm. and then that game works i believe that's the company's name that made haven also made you mean um, fury yeah they made both they made fury which is their previous game and then they also made haven so 
Um, that's why they have a similar, like, I guess aesthetic look too. The art Mm -hmm. in Haven is like gorgeous, uh, in my opinion. It does like this low poly thing during like when you're actually playing it, but like, um, when the characters are talking to each other, they have these like really nicely drawn illustrations and then like all the like concept art and loading screens are cute too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the basic premise of the game is super like high sci-fi kind of space adventure. If you're familiar with Saga, it's pretty much just like that. It's Romeo and Juliet, but instead of dying at the end, spoilers for Romeo and Juliet, instead of dying at the end, they Whoa. escape on a ship to a deserted planet and then adventure ensues. And, and uh, the game is kind of like literally a couple who are like alone together and it's super relatable if you've like ever um well everyone's in a pandemic situation and if you're living with a partner in a pandemic situation you really like if it's just the two of you you, it's super relatable on that end and uh i think that it's kind of there's a lot of things that are unhealthy about uh kind of their depictions of like relationship dynamics but um I think that is like a really normal thing. Like it's a, it's like definitely something you learn to not do to another person. So that is like I think effective in that way. Um mm-hmm. and also they're young and growing, so like I would imagine that they'll figure out better ways of communicating with each other. Um and they do over the course of the game, I would say. But um additionally I think that the high sci-fi lore that they introduced while the game was happening was so over the top. Like, it was just too much for (laughs) me personally. I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed, like, the relationship dynamic and, like, the characters' personalities and how they presented them. But then when they would, like, go in to justify, like, you need to go collect this thing so that you can make this thing and it works because of that, I just didn't care about their high concept (laughs) lore. And that's not, like, a fault I would say with uh, with the writing necessarily, it just wasn't as interesting to me. I just cared more about them as people and figuring out like how they interacted with each other. I guess right. instead of their oh yeah, we came from this name of place that we haven't seen, so there's no context for it, and things are like this. And I'm like, oh, cool. When are we gonna not do that anymore? When can we talk about things that actually matter? like the two of you so yeah i really enjoyed it it was short i think i played for like 12 13 hours or something and mm-hmm. i pretty much did everything i didn't 100 percent it but i never intended to um and uh, i'm definitely interested in what that company has uh like what their next project would be because it's uh they're indie but they're like I believe they're a french studio they uh or developer i guess they um yeah no Fury looked cool, never played it, but I might go play it. I'm not mm. one for, like, boss, like, just boss rush rush games, which apparently that's what Fury is. So. Yeah, that game's, um, like, hard. Yeah, so this was, this game was not hard. Um, it was kind of, there was just, like, some time-consuming mechanics during combat, mostly, that were just, like, maybe, like, one too many times for a lot of things, but other mm. than that, it was not um i would say quote-unquote challenging but i did enjoy my time with it even if i was a little frustrated i never died or anything like it was never like even a worry of dying 
it was just like things were a little bit time consuming and i wanted to do more explore the world that i was yeah. like, traveling on in terms of the combat i mean i was watching yeah i streamed the whole this, thing literally the whole time um in terms of the combat it never really seemed like it went anywhere like from the first battle to the last battle it was basically the same like there wasn't any sense of progression as much as you might expect i think yeah um like if there was more depth to it that made the combat like faster but also more uh interactive i think that would have been nice but yeah they really lightly touched on it when they would do like um timing based like you do you have like two different attacks like a heavy physical attack and like a like a it seemed lighter and like a um like a a special attack with pokemon terms i guess like it was a blast attack Mm -hmm. so like you'd use one to stun the enemy which would then you use the other one to hit the enemy hard otherwise neither of them were very effective against the enemy until you got them to be in that stun animation and so between the two characters that if you're playing single player you control them with the d-pad and the directional uh, buttons if i'm not mistaken or maybe it was the right stick and Mm -hmm. so you basically have to push in those directions opposite to each other or like together and you can do combo attacks in that way um but it was interesting and the rhythm when you got into the rhythm it felt really fun and really clean but the game in my opinion did not like it put you in more situations where you weren't able to perfect your rhythm so it was less uh, like rewarding for that Mm. like if it was more like fine-tuned to be rhythm rhythm based like completely in that way then it, yeah then it would have been more successful um but yeah i think it's up for game pass for literally a dollar i played through that game it well worth it like i consider just like actually shelling out to the company to buy, like pick up a copy or even just buy a soundtrack or some merch because it i did like my time with it Mm-hmm. And I would want to directly support them in the, like going forward because they did a great job in my opinion. So, yeah, um, that's I guess we started out with the game. Let's let's move over to some news. Um, unless you had more thoughts on the news. Yeah. So okay. Hitman Three also came out uh, either yesterday or today, if I'm not mistaken. I think and uh, we. Basically, last week after we recorded, it was like a few days after we recorded. Um, actually, it was like Sunday-ish, I guess. I don't know. But IOI, um, which is uh, IO Interactive, the company that makes Hitman, um, there was this like PC confusion and like wording that made it seem like you have to buy the previous two games. Like So for Hitman 3, for Hitman 2, and this new run of hitman games so hitman one came out a few years ago as like a series of dlc episodes like it was mm-hmm. just like the sequence of things and people were kind of like weirded out by that and that was like published by square enix whatever yeah and then ioi went independent made hitman 2 a direct sequel to that game and you could get all of the missions and stuff and areas you if you owned hitman one you could get them as like additional content for hitman 2 it just went in super cool right and so Mm -hmm. when hitman 3 people 
people were like expecting the same thing and i would mean i would too but for it man 3 um like during that time between 2 and 3 there's this little thing called the epics game store or epic game store <laughs> or whatever and so uh when you buy all that stuff on steam and then steam is not where you're, where you can buy hitman 3 because i believe it's an epic exclusive um Mm -hmm. on launch for like a year or whatever how much time it is um people are pissed so in order to kind of like appease fans and also do the right thing in my opinion um basically for pc players who own hitman one or two um and they can't import them they uh they will not need to repurchase at least the first one it will be free to hmm. own to all players who pre-order um or pick up hitman 3 in the first hit and days of release um yeah so that's cool but also that sucks yeah like <laughs> so weird i don't yeah. know it's just weird also, apparently, I don't know this firsthand. This is secondhand information. Apparently, with the there were like deluxe editions that you could buy of the previous two Hitman games, and mm-hmm. they were like they weren't like, oh, here's a download pack of loot boxes or something like in-game currency or whatever. It wasn't that. What it was was like the season pass bundled with the base game, basically. And yeah. so that was how they like did handled the deluxe edition or whatever. Um, um, in the previous games, in this one, it's not that. And um, mm-hmm. th- this is speculation from one guy um, that I listened to a podcast of. So don't take this as like truth again, secondhand <laughs> like uh, information. It might be a speculative thing that IOI needs Hitman Three to be like super successful because they are independent. So if it's not financially viable for them, either they will have to get like bought out or merge or something because i mean Mm. they did have to like they were in a bad financial spot from when square and them parted ways after hitman yeah because i don't think hitman one performed the way square had wanted them to Mm -hmm. uh so yeah but they were like we're not uh, you can watch the no clip documentary on it it's actually pretty Mm. uh awesome so there's more information there i don't really need to go into it but it will be interesting to watch where this game goes. So, I mean, they're very well-made games. They're super hilarious to watch. So, yeah. Yeah, they're always fun to uh, watch or play by yourself. So, yep. good times. All right. So, last week we talked about Sony having, like, this, like, cut trailer with a bunch of, like, release dates and windows for first-party and third-party games. And hmm. they have since like scrubbed that trailer and like removed the the like then they put the trailer back out the same, but they removed all the third party release dates and windows from that like after text. Like the whole trailer is literally the same except for that like <laughs> little bit of those things. And it's like informa- information's already out there, so Sony, hmm. I don't really know. I mean, it might have just literally be just a legal obligation. Someone. Mm-hmm. put the information down that they weren't supposed to so oh well i mean that's really all there is to that story it's just kind of interesting because the internet always remembers <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um 
cool thing i know i mentioned this on the podcast uh this manga called blue period which is like an art manga about getting into uh it's kind of like learning art and then also getting into art school in japan and what that kind of looks like it's really inspiring as a like an artist to uh to like see this kind of thing who has gone to art school it's like pretty interesting of the paths and the like what it takes and the kind of statistics that are involved and all that and what art means to different individuals and the characters and their perspective super interesting super well done art is incredible obviously it has to be yeah it looks good something like that but it's getting a anime adaptation and uh there's only two manga volumes out in the in the states as of right now i believe volume two just came out uh at the beginning of this month but it's definitely something to watch um when it when uh it, apparently it's set to air later this year so whenever that hmm. happens i'll be excited to see how that uh how it looks because mm-hmm. you know i assume it'll like have to be super styled to the to the, the manga because i mean it's such a interesting style so yeah i'm expecting great things good. yeah okay so last week i think it was like the day after we recorded the podcast uh nintendo decides hey we're just gonna tell everyone that pokemon snap the new pokemon snap as it as it were um is coming out on oh, yeah. april 30th i think why did i write that 24th it's april 30th it's coming out mm. april 30th uh this year which is cool i think that's still q1 of yeah of, uh, this year so that's interesting it's also pokemon's 25th apparently they're doing a collab with Katy perry which whatever that will end up being Woo-hoo. uh yeah cool or whatever i mean <laughs> i'm not i've never been I, like i've had the original pokemon snap i think i repurchased it on the wii shop back when i had a wii and uh it's a nice toy but <laughs> but like the whole thing for pokemon snap that really made it valuable to me was being able to go print out my pictures at Blockbuster. <laughs> That's what really mattered. They had these like kiosks you could plug your like cartridge in, you could print out your own pictures from the game. Mm-hmm. And they were like they were stickers. I remember having like a CRT, like a really tiny CRT TV when I was a kid and I would I put like my Pokemon Snap pictures all over it. Hell yeah. I don't remember whatever happened to that TV, but it's definitely <laughs> some somewhat in some land. That was just now. a thing with the kids back in the day, just putting stickers on CRT TVs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you look at this thing all day, and then like you also have some stickers to look at, I guess. Yeah, I don't know when, like, as a kid, like I transitioned from like being someone who would customize something, like with a bunch of stickers or drawing on it or whatever, to it has to be remain immaculate nothing can touch mm-hmm. this nothing can be on it um and then i always get like so if, okay so art school perspective you'll like see people with like binders and like schedules and notebooks and all this stuff with all these like pictures and like drawings and like done up in all these ways and like mm-hmm. laptops especially with all these like stickers and everything and i'm just like how do you live like that <laughs> it's not for I me i understand uh 
like electronics and stuff, especially something that's like r- rather expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely wouldn't do it. I mean, I say that, but I have like stickers on my like bass guitar and some of my amps, mm-hmm. but like that's also like I don't know, a music thing. Like, I think it's comparable to like my skateboard or something, just fucking slapping stickers on that shit. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, something like a laptop, I don't really get. Um, there was there was this like install like this like viewpoint of resale value to everything mm-hmm. at a certain point with especially with electronics like it has some monetary value of resellability you're not gonna want to do that to it that's kind of yeah. like my perspective like probably where the basis of that comes from but mm-hmm. yeah like if it's something that I'd know for a fact I'll either try to sell later or like if it's something that like I have to bring to like a meeting or something like I have to show off in front of people in a certain context then like yeah I definitely wouldn't just put a bunch of random stickers on it there are some shameless people though um so for context Aaron and I both went to SCAD uh which is Savannah College of Art and Design and uh, I remember going to like the admin building um and there's this this car in the parking lot with uh was it it was just some like was it a cat oh. girl or some anime waifu? <laughs> no, I know that. Yeah, I know the car that you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know. It was uh, an anime waifu with uh, really big personalities that uh, <laughs> they were showing off to the entirety of Savannah. Yeah, there are some cars like that. That's, like, one thing that I really don't understand is, like, putting stickers on cars. It kind of freaks me out. Oh, yeah. Like... Well not like a vinyl like just straight up a sticker <laughs> like mm-hmm. that you would get at walmart or something it's like not my thing yeah no but also i'm very particular about my car so yeah which um your car always smelled like a new car for no reason aaron's car was immaculate it probably yeah, is, like to keep it that way his new one's probably immaculate as well and yes i like to keep it, it probably that way. will continue to stay smelling like new car for the entire time Aaron has it like literally you buy a car you lease a car you're losing money like the first five minutes that you own that thing so if you don't keep it in somewhat of a good condition then you're only doing a disservice to yourself and I don't even like see it as something difficult like I don't know if I'm gonna be sitting in like a car and driving in it for like uh an hour to like 16 hours 20 hours max like yeah uh, that thing is not gonna get dirty well that's honestly a pretty good perspective um i'm very much oh there's no real way to recycle this water bottle in here so just chuck it in the back and it'll live there for uh for until uh someone complains or um chastises me about it uh disgusting how do we deplorable How did we get here from that? Anyway, uh, Rob, who is not here, posted this picture of Mountain Dew for (laughs) a new Batman movie that I don't even know. I thought it was, like, supposed to be in, like, the 60s or 80s. I don't know where I thought I heard that or thought, like, why that was a thing. But, yeah, apparently, (laughs) based on this of Mountain Dew. It said Riddler's Brew on it, which makes that uh, 
the sentence that Rob said with the image was Riddler's gonna be a gamer. So yeah, um, I don't know where you get that picture. It looks like a promotional photo for like an exclusive uh, the Batman sponsored flavor or something. Yeah, I don't even know what <laughs> that. Yeah, so I just thought it was something of note, uh, which was so weird. I mean, have you seen the Riddler in like a promo video for the movie? I don't know. Do we know anything about that movie other than uh? Catwoman's in it. Um, Batman's in it. Apparently, there's a bunch of villains. It's pr- it's like speculated that I unless it was directly confirmed, which I it probably was. We even probably talked about it on the podcast. But <laughs> apparently, the Riddler is going to be like a driving force. Oh yeah, no, that's right. I remember that. So, but being a gamer, so we're gonna have a movie <laughs> that is literally just the Arkham games, like Riddler challenges, but it's a whole movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. All right. I mean, you made us do that for seven hundred hours in those games. So, what's <laughs> one more hour uh, or two hours of a movie where we don't have to do it ourselves? We yeah, exactly. You get to watch um, Robert Pattinson do it for us. <laughs> okay. So we talked about all the news that uh, I really care about. Other, I guess, other things of note. This trailer dropped for this Nicolas Cage movie called Wiley's oh, yeah. or Wiley's I never watched Wonderland. The yeah, actually, so no, it, I skimmed through the trailer. It's um, so let me based on just like the image that um, before you play the trailer, like the the thumbnail image, <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage in this like T-shirt and a bunch of like yeah. knockoff Five Nights at Freddy's uh, like robots in the background. So it's basically. Five Nights at Freddy's. That's what everyone's like talking about. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then I watched the trailer, and they said the thing of, um, they said the like the line of like we're not um, we're not stuck in here with them. You're stuck in here with me, or something to that effect. Because <laughs> from the he, Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Okay, that's where I heard it from. Like, yeah, yeah no. So yeah, they say that line verbatim, like not not even a joking. Like this movie is Nicolas Cage doing like this guy has only one thing in his life to, and it's going to be to kill these guys, and that's it. Like that's he is the Terminator of these possessed uh, animatronics or whatever they end up being. But yeah, so it looks hilarious. I don't like. I mean. I don't even know like obviously it's just supposed to be dumb and fun so Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like hoping that like my expectations of it to be the most brain dead film that i get to laugh at is uh they're high so it better just be that i don't want any like seriousness at all in that film yeah i'll Uh, probably watch it basically he looks like in this in this photo like the thumbnail he looks like adult scott pilgrim with uh <laughs> like adult michael Sarah, but he's like ripped now and he has facial hair and uh he's balding it didn't work out with ramona so he's gonna beat up all these uh <laughs> robots alternate universe scott where they break up right after the movie ends and he uh, goes into a spiral spiraling depression for the next like 20 years of his life i guess it's perfect sounds great to me um which i guess that that would move us to talk about scott Pilgrim. Versus the world, the game which uh, came out last Thursday. Very but, smooth. 
But I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to what? talk about the last little bit of news that I got in my brain. There was this rumor that Deadline reported about uh, Captain America Chris, uh, actor Chris Evans coming back to another MCU film, at least one, possibly. Like, the contract has option for another one or multiple or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. To which Chris Evans was like, news to me. Obviously... Uh-uh. He's definitely in talks for that. Um, and obviously, there's something in whatever contracts or negotiations or whatever that is like until the top brass at Disney Marvel say it's like cool or publicly announce it, the um, actors involved cannot talk about it whatsoever. And it's probably like more stringent because of like spoilers and stuff that uh, mm-hmm. have happened with like the stars and all that. But. Yeah. I mean, when you got so many, like, ends going everywhere, it's kind of hard to manage. So that'll be interesting, because he was, like, the most adamant of, like, I'm retiring from this like from this film franchise. Yeah, you could and see I, it in his bones when he was yeah. uh, <laughs> playing Captain America in Endgame. You could tell that last scene, he was really like, yeah, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. If anyone hears the, the plane flying overhead... It's really loud, so I apologize for that. Nice. Um, okay, so Captain America. Captain America, what does that remind me of? Hmm. Hmm. Obviously, no, WandaVision. Really no idea. Oh. WandaVision came out uh, on Friday, first two episodes. Aaron and I both watched it together, um, and I liked it. Yeah, so, no, it was mad good. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of like people on the the internet saying that I don't really know what uh, I'm supposed to be uh, <laughs> looking at here, but uh, those are the same characters, right? But why is it all weird and black and white? <laughs> I think, think like there you go. I definitely commend them for going as hard as they did like going as far and pushing it as much as they did because uh i think most studios most executives would probably uh see that hey people are going to be confused by this maybe to get the viewers that we want we uh just give them what they want like in the first five minutes and that's probably the normal route where they would go but yeah no i'm like liking how it's just so weird and off mm-hmm. and uh so far into what it's doing that uh yeah makes me like it even more For i real. mean i think if you can't really like even give an estimation of what might be going on then like you know maybe that's your own fault i don't know <laughs> but i do see people being confused by it and it's kind of like well i mean maybe if you think about couple things at least like they do give like little tidbits of like what might be happening um it's pretty heavy-handed with the there's yeah. something wrong here yeah um and they do a they do a good job they're very like like you forget you're watching a marvel property in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um during this and then they will like introduce this thing that is like oh yeah these characters are superheroes in a mm. like it in this like larger superhero universe yeah. And making it a 50s, 60s era, 
like referential show like especially like the first full episode and then the second mm-hmm. one doing like another ta- like the, so the first episode's like emulating dick van dyke and then the second episode even has an animated intro that's like yeah. be- bewitched and like it's wonderful they did mm-hmm. like a very good job they make it feel really natural it still yeah. like works and then it works in the larger context of the MCU. Um, and then I assume, based on um, spoilers, I guess, the way the first, the second episode ends, they're moving into a new genre of um, television to mm-hmm. to emulate, like, within the next episode or two. Who knows how many yeah. decades it'll take before, as the series goes. For It's like nine episodes. We have seven more episodes. Um honestly it feels really like it's refreshing for something so like the like it felt like the like the marvel movies especially were becoming just like kind of super samey like it's all the same origin story about some guy yeah for sure and uh wanda is like a character we've had the least time with wanda and vision i Mm -hmm. guess and so when we get to see them and especially in like a their personalities get to shine even if it's like askew we get to see how those characters like come to that or like face that head on or whatever yeah definitely it feels more like which i mean they're all based on comic books it feels more like a comic and like the things that they're allowed to do in comics with characters Mm -hmm. than the like the big blockbuster movies are allowed to time wise and just like you know um marketing wise Mm -hmm. feels nice I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I feel like this show has way less uh, generic appeal than something like The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which yeah, um, that's for sure. That's like maybe Mi- Disney probably knew that for sure, and that's why they have shows like Loki and um, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier on the mm-hmm. horizon, which will most likely be more traditional MCU fare. Yeah. But I will, yeah. I like this, and I like yeah. that they're going this weird with with some things. It gives me hope that they will do that with more of their stuff. Mm. So. And you definitely get the impression that they're being uh, cautious still because they put out the first two episodes on the release, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know just one, because they might feel like hey, people might be too confused. Let's yeah. uh, let's uh make sure we get at least like some people watching this um it definitely feels like maybe at least for people who aren't as invested right now they're probably gonna wait um until they can binge the whole thing that might honestly have been like a better way to do it like releasing all the episodes in one night um because yeah it's definitely like something that you need the full context of the show to be able to like even understand what's happening so like getting it like piecemeal is kind of um i mean it it's more intriguing for like me i would say um, yeah but yeah i definitely think for some people having to wait it's probably like huge turnoff yeah with this like something so unknown but you're like oh it's an mcu thing so i'm like i might want to check it out i definitely see that perspective for sure mm-hmm. um because like given the zero context like if you don't know anything about this and you just know the characters from you literally don't know anything about comics you just know the movies this is just like almost incomprehensible like (laughs) 
storytelling because you don't know what like the okay spoilers for the show i guess it's very light but like you don't know what sword is and Mm -hmm. you don't know why that like why they're in like the 50s 60 era you don't know why vision is even there like Mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely you don't know why they're in new jersey that's like the biggest mystery to Mm -hmm. like that i I was like they're in new jersey hackensack (laughs) I know where those places are. <laughs> yeah. They're not that far away. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's cool. I like it. I'm going to watch more, obviously. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, Disney. I mean, I'm subscribed for the whole year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, let's go. I, okay, Aaron and I both played Ori, but I think we'll save that for like the last thing we talk about. Um, because we both completed Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition, so we probably have, like, more to say about it than just, um, the few things that I have to say about, like, the several games that I've been playing, so I guess I'll just go into all these games, which I don't know how or why, but I played a ton of games between last recording and today, and, (laughs) uh... Yeah, that's what I felt, I was like, when was the last time we recorded, and I was like, I don't know... (laughs) It's just a week felt like ago. So long, yeah. I know. Yeah. So okay, you played like two fucking twelve, fourteen hour games. Uh, I beat I beat well two games yeah. between between this and then played a bunch more. So I beat Haven, talked about that already. I beat Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition and let it be known. I didn't start these games until like after we recorded, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. So no, that's true. So like, okay. Um, and I've just been playing at night. Like I've been been I've been like doing my thing during the day. Like six o'clock, seven o'clock rolls around. I just like start streaming for uh, several hours. Um, there is one night that we stayed till up to like four a.m. or something ridiculous. <laughs> but oh, oh yeah. yeah, are you gonna talk about VR chat? Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, so last week sometime puyo puyo tetris 2 came like went on sale for like half off or maybe not even half off it was like maybe only 10 15 dollars off whatever bought it for the switch uh i'm really bad at tetris <laughs> which uh just just to put that out there i still uh enjoy playing it and uh, i've heard there was like a story mode a quote-unquote story mode in puyo puyo tetris 2 and there is not apparently in the first one um so i played it and i was playing it i think what actually got me to purchase the game was the fact that they added like a free update where you could play as sonic oh yeah i remember seeing that on twitter as your character who and he like says sonic stuff and then like (laughs) he does the the sonic thing the tetris blocks are like sonic characters Mm. and stuff and so i was like okay i am going to buy this because that's cool and so i did and i played a bit of it the story mode is kind of awful um it's they like talk really uh it's a kid's game so but and like it's all like the same anime voice actors from everywhere that you hear like i'm pretty sure like the (laughs) girl that you start out with like that's the character you play as for uh the puyo puyo side I'm pretty sure um, it's Ritsu from Kaon, like the. Mm. So, I was just like, "Where do I know her from?" Oh, from <laughs> everywhere. Um, yeah, no. yeah. So that's a thing. 
and I was just like kind of distracted by that. Characters are like fine; they're just really stereotypes. Kind of weird. Kind of really slow paced. Like the dialogue, you, there's no speed option to turn the uh, the text faster. So hmm. I just sit there, and that's kind of just been like a lot. So um, like I want to play the story because it like gradually builds and like maybe i'll get better at tetris and puyo puyo if i um play it or whatever but i played it for a couple hours and then put it down because i did not uh i could not handle the slow pace anymore (laughs) um so a couple days ago and that's basically my time with puyo puyo tetris it is fun i like it um and i uh i will play more because uh, it it's just like a fun thing to you can pick up and play. And Played play the game. first one mm-hmm. on like some kid's switch during my class. Um, he was like, "Hey, do you want to play Puyo Puyo Tetris?" And he like put the switch down, like handed me one of the controllers, and he was like playing on the other one. That was literally my only experience with that game. And it was fun. Yeah, I'd never played Puyo Puyo before, but yeah, I like Tetris a lot. Yeah, Puyo Puyo is just, it's pretty simple. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like anything other than that. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll talk about uh, Panel de Pong and, um, mm-hmm. and like, later. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was easy well, to get the hang of. The whole thing was in Japanese, so that was weird. I don't know. Oh. Apparently, that's how the first one just was. Puyo Puyo? Tetris? Puyo Puyo Tetris. Puyo Puyo. When I played the demo, like, I had the demo on Switch, and it was all in English, so. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Might have been that that guy's version. Whatever. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. That's really interesting. But yeah, so I was playing. Um, I I randomly got up at four thirty a.m. yesterday, and um, classic. I was like, move. I don't know what to do with myself, so mm. I um, just played a bunch of stuff. So I I not only I played uh, Scott Pilgrim, I went on. So, okay, this is like this nugget in my brain. Basically, several months, maybe a year ago, don't know how long it was, Nintendo announces their online like SNES games that they're like releasing for the online service that mm-hmm. they randomly update eventually. Anyway, Panel de Pawn was one of the games that, um, that they released. And the game is, uh, it never came out in the U.S., or anywhere, I guess, uh, outside of Japan, if I'm not mistaken. It's a, um, it's like a matching game. I don't know. It came out in the States on the SNES as Tetris Attack, which was like, a, it was just a reskinned Yoshi game. Like, they went from Panel Day Pawn, which is like a Magical Girl-like game, basically, mm-hmm. um, to a Yoshi game. And they changed, like, some of the music and stuff. And then... It eventually got again like reskinned or whatever as Pokemon, <laughs> and I played like Pokemon Puzzle League on the N sixty four. I don't think it was like a sequel. I really just think it was a reskin of the system because it like I don't think they were doing anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really enjoy uh, Panel Day Pond. Uh, I played that for a while uh, because I loved Pokemon Puzzle League when I was a kid. I'm actually way better at that than I am at Tetris or Puyo Puyo, so that's cool to me. Um, and I will definitely be playing more of it because I mean, yeah. I just I've ha- I have access to it. It's all in Japanese though, so that's kind of frustrating because <laughs> I don't. I mean, I might be like 
learning Japanese casually, but I can't read that like easily. So yeah, it's, it's tough. tough. But it's fun. I wish that the original version got had, had like been translated and like released. Mm-hmm. Wish it was like on my SNES Classic. I would love that. Um, it is fun to just pick up and play and do that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, whenever they do like these uh, digital releases of like games that people have been wanting to play for like decades, um, but have only been available in Japan, they're like, "Oh, hey, it's coming to the Nintendo Switch without a translation." Like, I don't know why they do that. It's so weird. Yeah, it's probably just cheaper. And I mean, yeah, I mean it's I an old, old game, so you know, people want this game, but we're not going to do anything. But if you uh, emulate and do a fan translation, we'll copyright strike you yeah. and like take it down immediately and, take and it destroy down. your entire lives. Yeah, like oh, okay, thanks Nintendo, that we just want to play your games, and if you, we would literally pay you for it if you just did it yourselves. But whatever, okay. Mother or if you, if you were literally just like, hey, you can't do that. And because it's our property, we're going to take it from you. And then just publish that. Or just pay the people who want to do the work for mm-hmm. you. Like, what is wrong with you? Like normal companies, too. Take take a... Um, I know that Nintendo especially doesn't want to hear this, but maybe uh, look at Sega. <laughs> look mm-hmm. at Sonic Mania and see what uh, what working with your fan base can do for you and your image. Uh, or you can just be the no-fun police, which you really are. Uh, but we still want everything that you have. And that's how this video got taken down, this podcast. Good thing that we don't publish videos anymore, unless True. we might in the future. And So they're scanning our audio with, the... <laughs> with their, uh, their Nintendo scanner beams. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so I played that at my uh, early morning Crack of Dawn gameplay session, and I also played Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which... Aaron and I, uh, with Chad, Ari, and do we play? We played with Callie in a different iteration. Mm-hmm. Basically, we played the four-player uh, network mode on the PC version of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the yes. game. And, um, so I want to play more. but I do, too. The game's not long, and it's definitely um, more fun with, uh, with more players. Because mm-hmm. I was playing a single-player, and it's just, like, not as fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's really the dumb stuff that you get into when people are, just get like trapped in a corner or you throw <laughs> like a like a weapon that was on the ground and it like ricochets off something or someone and it just like or accidentally picking up one of your friends and like bashing the yeah. enemies with them super fun and also just figuring out how to play the game and pl- like use the like special moves and stuff oh yeah <laughs> but the that special game, moves that we didn't figure out until like until we, we stopped playing to, yeah yeah and then uh, the network issues were such a like problem. Yeah, that is the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, I guess I understand this game is from like what twenty thirteen or whatever, but it's like twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. Not being able to like easily get into a lobby with your friends and have a stable connection is like, if you're re-releasing this thing with like all like including the DLC content and then like all of this like physical release stuff, like oh yeah. This time it's going to be physical and it'll be really physical, but it's like, okay, I still want to play the game with like my friends online. Like, could yeah. you just have fixed that even slightly? Like, just yeah. slightly fixed it? I, I blame um, um, Ubisoft Connect. Like, you have to, if, it's okay. So, yeah. it's not available on Steam, first of mm-hmm. all. Second of all, 
when you buy it on Epic or just straight from Ubisoft, you have to go through either way. You, if you buy it from Epic, you have to go through Ubisoft Connect hmm. to play. And then if you buy it from Ubisoft Connect, you still have to use Ubisoft Connect like <laughs> network structure, which sucks. Yeah. Um, it just is mm-hmm. like I like accepted Aaron's friend request three times. We played oh, games yeah. together like like three different game like iterations of the game, and it like after every single one, it was just like, "Yep, not he's not your friend." Also, yeah, it kept unfriending there, us. <laughs> there's also just like no like players you've played with. Like if someone else yeah recent, recently played, it's just like wh- why is that mm-hmm. a thing that we don't have in 2021? And just the way that it's set up, so like you from the main menu of the game, you hit network player or whatever, which puts you into character selection for yourself yep. so you have to coordinate with whoever else is like okay do you guys want to play this character i'm going to pick this character and then like you have to make sure that you know nobody else wants to play that character so you pick your character and then you pick the first level that you want to play on the map and then it puts you into the game lobby screen where people are able to join so from there you have to invite them but from the ubisoft connect overlay like there is no like in-game like invite list so and the overlay doesn't necessarily update all the time so like i accepted everybody's friend request while the game was running so when i opened the overlay it didn't recognize that they were my friends even though that they were even though they were on my friends list like on my desktop ubisoft connect i would have to have restarted the game for the overlay to update (laughs) it's like just so much like just so much shit and it was like fucking annoying like yeah I would have to, when I was hosting the lobby, I would have to tab over to my desktop Ubisoft Connect and invite them from there so that they could join into the lobby in the game. And then we started the game and just immediate network problems from certain people is just so aggravating. I don't know. And then not only that, but sometimes it would, we would all be playing literally the same screen same enemies mm-hmm. same positions we'd <laughs> yeah. all be fighting and then for whatever reason one of us would desync from that and be instanced yeah like, and then they would just be in a different alternate reality take of whatever we were doing mm-hmm. and so when we were playing specifically with uh with callie uh our friend yeah Callie, she was like still fighting the boss that we had finished and like mm-hmm. seen the end like the end little like bit gotten the prize or whatever yeah, and she was stuck on a different screen and that it we like, literally couldn't get to. Straight up instanced us into a separate thing and like replaced her in our game with a bot and in her game the rest of us were bots and it was like but she was still technically in our game so until she either died or left we could not continue because we yeah. just had a bot. And yep. like it was like what the fuck is even happening? Yeah, it's not fun. Oh, and yeah. then there was another time that, like, I think Chad got desynced and we were stuck on this screen. Oh, yeah. We were just, like, like stuck there'll on the be screen. times where, I don't know, like, an enemy is off screen or something, or, like, somebody just has to leave for the screen to continue, for us to continue the game. Like, it's, like, what the fuck is happening? I hope it gets patched, which, I mean, it took them, uh, what, almost tw- uh, eight years to put the game back out on... Mm-hmm. like on things again yeah so hopefully they patch it please for the love of god mm-hmm. yeah i do um it's like 
I'm definitely playing an over ten year old game at this point. Uh, yeah, the beat 'em up genre has has come and gone and iterated. I do like the level up system that they have in Scott Pilgrim. The thing mm-hmm. that's really nice. I I do like the the hidden secrets and the shops that you can find and yeah. eventually when um when like we play more and we get more accustomed to it and we do accrue like the necessary funds and we do like make our characters unbeatable gods uh mm-hmm. that like working that way up especially on network play where you can't use any of the cheat codes that uh i happen yeah. to know about but uh yeah so no the game is like totally red it's just like in networking yeah. issues like yeah. with ubisoft specifically which are usually always a problem with ubisoft mm-hmm. games it's like i don't know it just gets annoying not an ubisoft game with problems at launch am i right and then cue the snare uh but uh what what was i gonna say oh so i wish there was also six player multiplayer they have these two additional uh dlc characters but you yeah. just you only can do four people mm-hmm. and it's just like hey what if there were just two more like there is enough screen <laughs> real estate you put the aspect yeah. ratio to like the new hd specifications you can do it like i know you mm-hmm. can you can do it um would be too much and quote-unquote non-standard so (laughs) yeah oh well uh it's fun i do want to play more uh that would be like it's really like you had a flow going you could beat that game in a couple hours pending uh network issues or whatever yeah you know i miss the good old days of couch co-op but those are uh far Mm. between nowadays but I guess we could try using our system like Parsec, where everyone's like, yeah, quote unquote local. The multiplayer. only thing with that is like input lag, which yeah. may or may not be like a problem depending on yeah. how well everything is set up. But for sure, yeah, I mean, like in that game, it's not. At least from what we played, it's not too heavy on like timing stuff, unless yeah. you're really trying to like uh, block parry stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. but we haven't gotten that far into it like when you level up in the game you like unlock new moves and stuff uh so probably haven't gotten too heavy on stuff mechanically yep. yet yep Whoa. all right that's enough of that uh i guess so hey you know wario 64 i know we've talked about him before uh it's this twitter uh guy basically posts deals on video games and video game related things all the time Mm -hmm. uh walmart recently uh, a couple days ago from recording this posted a uh like captain toad treasure tracker dlc listing for like four dollars or and change but the redeem code that it was sending out was the full game plus the special dlc um Mm -hmm. and so a lucky few people were able to pay like less than five bucks pick up the entirety of of captain toad plus the dlc and uh redeem it on their switch i happen to be one of those lucky few (laughs) uh and so i've been playing uh, i played like six or so levels of captain toad and i've like really like wanted this game since it came out but i was like i've been looking at the price go from anywhere like down to 30 bucks to as high as like 80 bucks with all the dlc and whatever And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. 
And so when I saw it go for literally, when I was like, oh, this cool thing that I might, like five bucks, I'd be definitely in on that for sure. <laughs> so I dropped five. Eventually I got my code from Walmart before they fixed it because they did fix it. And then, uh, you know, I, I played it. And that was uh, also one of the games I played at 4.30 a.m. So, uh, yeah, that's a charmingly, like a charming game aesthetically like it's just a pleasant experience even if there's like enemies and stuff like mm-hmm. figuring out the puzzles and like doing the platforming stuff it is lovingly crafted in every way um, yeah it's 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 a wonderful game i definitely think it's like anyone who has and or gets a switch should play this game and mm-hmm. uh it should be on there um even like to break up the monotony of a lot of uh i mean nintendo kind of makes like um, I guess they're more lighthearted games in general, but this one is just, especially with, um, the way the world is right now, specifically, uh, like how, uh, heartbreaking it can be and crushing your soul. Uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is really a nice relief <laughs> from that, in my opinion. Nice. So, really fun. I'm definitely, uh, going to peruse that, um, going forward. And so, last game before we talk about Ori, uh, I played Titanfall 2, multiplayer, not the single player, which I do want to play the single player, but uh, our friend Nick... um, I played it too, by the way. Well, oh, did you really? I guess I wasn't there for that one. I guess I went to bed. Yeah, you went to bed. So, uh, our friend Nick, not the Nick that was on this podcast, Ori and I played uh, about two games of Titanfall and uh i'm not really like pc like fps games i'm like especially bad at i was playing on a controller and i did better than i expected and i probably did better than they expected as well but like it's not like i did anything remarkable i'm still like dead last on each uh in each game but um i had fun for the most part i think the traversal in that game is really fun i think when you get to do anything with your uh your titan it's also really fun it's mm-hmm. um the, like running around like zip lining climbing stuff while running really great it, it's like combining some of the best stuff i like from uh mirror's edge into um a shooter which mm-hmm. mirror's edge is not supposed to be a shooter so there you go um and then like giant robots are always killer so yeah i wish there was uh like a game where you could do third person, customize your mech, traverse the world in an open world scenario. Hey, Ubisoft, you want a free idea? There it is. Um, no. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was cool. Um, I despise um, the chat and the people that are play <laughs> like those games. It was yeah. super from the get, like toxic as uh, hell. It was just like, there's no room for uh like even players that we played with in the second game we were against them and we were like oh they were pretty cool when they're on our team but now that they're not on our team they're the most toxic mm-hmm. um disgusting people i've ever seen that game was. is old and yeah. the only people who would probably play it are new players like you're playing against people who play that game like that's their because job. they love it and it's like <laughs> yeah. all they do so yeah um you yeah, know when i played it uh 
it was fun. I mean, like, I'm good at shooters. Like, my aim is fine. The only thing that I really have to overcome is, like, map awareness and um, movement. But, um, yeah, like, playing against people, obviously, like I said, who play it literally all the time uh, can be frustrating. But I didn't really have uh, too much difficulty, like, playing against them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't really sour my mood playing against people who, like, know the ins and outs and all, of all the mechanics and can uh, do all this crazy shit that I don't even know about. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, for real. The, it wasn't even that they um, that they were saying it to me specifically. Like I wasn't even yeah. like, on their radar. It was more yeah, just no. like they were just gen generally toxic. Like, mm. oh, you lost the game. We're gonna say a bunch of bad things. It's like, yeah, hey, that's can anyone moderate standard. this? No, that's <laughs> okay. standard. Uh, FPS uh, competitive games on the so PC. Unhealthy. So yeah, yeah, it's whatever. I'm like immune to it. Uh, wow. We played the good. horde mode. Um, oh, Arnic, I do. I, uh, I do want to play uh, that. Yeah, no, it was a uh, that is pretty fun. Um, we played it on the lowest difficulty, I believe, so it was pretty easy to get through. Um, cool. But it was still like you know fun and challenging. Like you get your Titan basically like all the time. Um, so that's like fun to just you know walk around with that you and your three other friends just stomping around this open area um i assume there's more maps um and there are other difficulties that definitely want to try out but yeah it was fun cool yeah um i'm definitely going to play more and i do want to play this story for sure mm -hmm. um maybe get like if uh i up my game time practice more I'll be better at uh, FPS uh, stuff in general. Mm. There's there's that just like strange with with me specifically like FPS. They've always been like a false like vision. It feels like so like tunnel vision to me. Mm. Like there's no periphery, and I guess like I don't. Get I did your FOV, dude. Is can you do that? Yeah, and Titanfall there's a FOV slider. Um, oh, usually really? in most FPS games there are FOV sliders if not like there's console commands that allow you to extend your FOV I guess it's um, like my experience has just been like everything look like FPS games look so like like your arms were like the edges of the screen so like that was as far as your vision would go mm -hmm. and like I'm such a person like seeing like all that stuff in periphery like my periphery is so integral to how like I move and act and like so that it's just like kind of jarring to see like the first person perspective that most mm -hmm. games have so yeah i might toy around with that if that's a thing that you can do yeah it but. just makes everything seem like faster at the same time right because mm -hmm. obviously like you're seeing people uh things at the edge of your screen like more stuff just like moving past you yeah um which so sometimes I, I don't mind honestly yeah that's how i live my life right uh okay so here's the, the last thing for the podcast ori in the blind forest definitive edition oh boy so i guess i started this sometime did i start this right after or did i no, no no i started this before haven or after haven i, I think it was I, before like you started a little bit of it because you wanted a break from uh tales of berseria yeah this whole thing the reason i played um Haven and Ori specifically, because uh, I have them on Game Pass on my PC. Mm -hmm. I wanted a break from Tales, 
um because it like even if i was like interested in the story bit like bit i was something i needed something that was like more engaging from moment to moment and haven was more engaging in a like immediately from a story character way and from a gameplay way because it was just like more modern i guess i mean uh i don't know in like rpg standpoints or whatever but uh in general then uh, ori was just a game that is so mechanically focused like i mean the story is one thing very simple story but the like it's a metroidvania to start yeah and it builds on itself in such a way like that is it's um moving around the same environment it only feels better the longer you play basically um it's it's what i come to even though like aaron can attest i streamed this for the most part like i think i got almost three quarters of the way through and then Aaron started playing it himself and he beat it the same day I did <laughs> like I had been playing yeah. it like for several days and yeah, I started Aaron, it like two days ago I think Aaron comes in just like is like at the end of the game like Aaron like I saw him playing yesterday and he got to the point where I had started like playing that day he was already at that point yes. um, when I when I it's had a good finished game. it yeah no it's really good yeah it's so yeah really not that long like mm -hmm. even starting it blind um i guess i've played like games like super meat boy and like all these like specifically very hard platformers so when i got used to you know i got into like a rhythm of being able to progress the story and uh find those power-ups or whatever like i love metroidvania games like i think one of the best games that I played on like the Xbox 360 era was a uh, Shadow Complex. Like, mm. I fucking love the fuck out of that game. Um, but yeah, when you get into it, you can really just get going, and it has a lot of, uh, especially with the deluxe edition, there are two new powers: um, Light Orb and Dash. Um, from two areas, I'm not sure if they're new or not. I assume they're new because obviously the entire areas are like built around using these um, abilities. But yeah, there are a lot of uh, movement options that you can unlock, which help right, you. So just... what's what are I did okay? So for full disclosure, I did not, I I did not have two abilities the whole game. I played the game <laughs> basically the regular edition, even though it was the definitive edition. I did not hundred percent it. So along the I way, did. I missed. I think I missed the light orb and the dash. Um, and mm-hmm. so, uh, when I was watching Aaron play yesterday, I was like, how did you do that? What did you, just, <laughs> did you just dash? And he's like, yeah. What, do you not have that? And it's like, no, I did not have that. Or I didn't know how to use it the whole game. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't unlock it. Like when I played the game, there were two powers that I was missing. I feel um, like it was time. pretty hard to miss at least dash. Um, I can only assume that it was just me being yeah uh, i don't know I, I feel like dash was pretty hard to miss it both of the areas were in the bottom um like the new additional areas i assume that they were where dash was mm-hmm. was in like the bottom right the uh light orb was like very very bottom in a new area which actually had like additional story content which i oh. enjoyed um it was like uh kind of the before um 
before the start of the game, essentially. Uh, what is the name of um, Naru? Uh, Naru, yeah. Yeah, I have like, uh, like background story for her, um, like how she grew up, essentially, which is really cool. Mm. I liked it a lot. Um, oh, cool. Maybe I have to go back yeah. in. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. It's not, I mean, if you were to load up your save right now, you'd probably be like right at the end of the game um, before the final sequence. So you can just mm-hmm. go back and explore more, which is uh, what I did. Like, I had like, before I like beat beat the game, I had like a couple areas at like 98, 99%. And I was like, uh, I can't really have that. So <laughs> just today, before this podcast started, I went in and like made sure to get every single area at 100%. So. When nice. I beat the game, I was at 100, 100%. So, yeah. No, that game was very fucking good. And just the fact that I wanted to go in and do that and make sure that I got literally everything possible is, like, even stuff that you don't need, like, just small mm-hmm. little, oh, plus 100 um, experience points. It's yeah. Like, yeah, I need I need that. need to have that on my list. Um. You will die a lot in this game. Like, re- even if you're a pro, mm-hmm. you will die. Because, like, some things are just, like, man, the angle of that was wrong. Or I was just yeah. a little bit short on this thing. And um, I did not play it on hard mode. And I did not um, have a few abilities. But I definitely got impatient. And, yeah. Uh, for sure. And it was frustrating. The game is very well crafted, mechanically mm-hmm. sound in pretty much every way there uh there's this one place that is it's like the wind temple which is just like (laughs) the ice temple for whatever reason video games they have like bad luck with ice and water like it's classic like to talk about ocarina and be like the water temple Mm -hmm. is the worst thing ever um well i don't think that it was bad i think that um it was my least favorite part of ori and it was just Mm -hmm. like mechanically frustrating because um like a pet peeve of mine is for when games are like hey like especially like especially platforming games that are like all about the movement mm-hmm. and like doing things and they like give you this whole toolkit and they take that toolkit away from you like you spend the whole game like starting from nothing get getting this like kitted out you're all upgrading whatever you're like like cool i'm gonna do this thing now and then they're like hey um you have to use this thing in this whole thing and not use any of your like basically any of your abilities while you're using it and i was Mm -hmm. like that's not fun for me yeah there's like two sections of the game where you have a pickup essentially and when you you have to have like this orb that you have to pick up you have to bring it to the end of the level um but while you're carrying it you can only jump um and the puzzles that they make are like designed around that fact essentially um you can drop it and like your spirit or whatever will carry it and bring it to you but there are sections where like you literally just can't drop it like mm-hmm. like there are short parts where you can drop it and maybe jump over something but it's like yeah you need to carry that thing the whole way and it is kind of annoying i think especially in the wind temple um mm-hmm the way that the mechanics work it's like a gravity mechanic uh and usually when games do that they have a lot of different ways to tackle the controls um with ori they keep it oriented as if you're standing upright like oriented to uh the normal way so like even when you go onto the side like you're walking up a wall 
um, vertically, left is still move forward and right is still like move back, quote unquote. So it's like just kind of weird feeling, like something that you have yeah. to wrap your head around, which is part of the challenge, I think. It's not just something that it just is natural a natural change. It's yeah. something that you literally have to like be conscious of, and that mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, um, not good. Like that's just. I don't think it was thought about that. Bad. I just think it was different. Like it was just another challenge in my mind. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. No. I. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I personally, I don't like it, but I won't. Yeah. I won't say that it's uh like if they were consciously doing that for like an added challenge, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I I can I can wrap my head around that. Did I like it? Probably not. I probably yeah. wouldn't want that personally in my mm-hmm. like if I made a game or whatever. But I got through it, um, and uh, I was like definitely uh, apprehensive to go into a game like Ori, which is so uh, mechanically based. But I mean, mm-hmm. this whole past year I've been going out of my comfort zone, which is basically just rpgs and like whatever it's like my wheelhouse of games to play but uh i mean i don't even think i talked about it but in 2020 i i went out of my comfort zone gaming wise in a huge huge way like i even played dark souls 3 yeah which i don't even know if i talked about on the podcast before but like i did I think we did yeah and it was like it was fun it was a good time i don't think i'd play that game alone but playing it with Chad and Aaron was nah, fun. I think you should play it alone. <laughs> full experience. It Come is, on. like... Like, if you really think about it, I think it's, for Ori, a simple mindset to get into, like, with Super Meat Boy, where it's like, yeah, okay, I can die a lot. It's whatever, it's yeah. fine. And Dark Souls, maybe sometimes it seems like it's way heavier than that, but it really is just, like, the same thing. Um, and Ori, I think I probably was a little more put off by dying a lot because they have this uh save mechanic which is interesting but i think it's also like the weakest part of the game oh, especially yeah. at the beginning the thing you have to checkpoint yeah yeah so there are like very few shrines uh or like waypoints and save points in the game it really expects you to use their save system which is a uh, at almost any point in time like if you're on a safe ground like not surrounded by enemies you can make a save state like a checkpoint and it's like literally like a save state like if you're playing a uh, super mario 3 and you made a save state you died you'd reload you go back to that exact same point everything is the same as it was in that point it's not like dark souls where like oh, i can go collect this thing and then i die and then i go back oh i saw that thing collected or whatever it's not like that mm-hmm. um but the thing is it's tied to the energy that you have like your mana and there are some points in the game where you have to use your mana for like other things so like sometimes you'd be like totally dry and the next mana crystal is either behind you a way that you can't go or way fucking far in front of you which happened to me one time and it was Mm -hmm. super annoying same thing happened to me i literally just have to like get through this entire thing and i made it to the crystal and an enemy shot yep. me and killed me exploded me instantly like i was playing on hard so yeah uh enemies like do way more damage um yeah it wasn't until like probably after the wind temple that i really felt like i could explore the rest of the map and like collect everything and that's when i started getting like 
all the energy orbs, all the health orbs. Like I got all the experience collectibles, which allowed me to like get an ability that uh like halved the damage the enemies do to me. I think, well, and yeah, even yeah. then, they still like like two or three hits. I yeah. died. Um, but yeah, like at that point, once I got all the energy orbs that were available, it like didn't even matter when I saved. Like I just had so much. But uh, before that, it was like super, super tough. Resource management. Yeah, like yeah. I, um, it was specifically the, uh, like, the, like, waiting. Like, I think that the, the death to spawn ratio in Ori is very good. Like, you die, yeah. you're immediately back. Like, there's sure. no load screen. You're just mm. back. Great. Watching a unskippable uh, unskippable cutscene over yeah. and over again even if it's like three to five seconds is enough of not mm-hmm. playing that it's frustrating <laughs> when i want to just get back into it especially yeah. if i'm in a death loop i get Second. that way with uh most games it can just yeah. be annoying like it's even more annoying because it's like if i just had like one fucking energy i could i know save right after this cutscene and then i would not have to watch it but i don't have that yeah and i just have to keep going with it yeah i basically bashed my head against the wall on this like one part of the like the beginning of the um the ice temple over mm-hmm. and over again and i had zero save crystals so i had to watch this like opening intro cutscene over and over again and i was like yeah. no eventually i was just so frustrated i was like and i was like i want to be playing this game i don't want to just like stop playing i know i can do it it's just i need to get past this cutscene. Mm-hmm. it takes up so much time and it's so like it adds to that frustration so i just left immediately like got fully stocked came back yeah. finished the cutscene, made a save save state just did the thing and it was just, i mm-hmm. think i got to a further part of the temple within like three tries instead of like the yeah. 50 plus tries that it, it previously because i was just like yeah if you have like the option to go back and like stock up it's definitely worth it most of the time but um like usually you find yourself in that position of like i'll just go back to the last shrine which restores all your energy and all your health and then i'll come back here but like you die 50 million times on the way there because it's like i don't want to use my save i just want to get there and have full stock um yeah (laughs) it can be fucking annoying sometimes but, uh, but it was it was another part of the game, yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely is a very fucking good game. I love the story, I love the art, the music is absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. The movement feels so fucking good. The bash ability is like oh yeah, top tier. It's like so satisfying to yeah. use at like any point in time. It definitely makes that game feel um, unique. Like yeah, among all the things sure. that it's doing, that specific thing is just like. Mm-hmm this game is like this is a thing from this game and uh wonderful wonderful game and uh like top quality it makes me like feel kind of bad that i missed out on um like i i miss out on these like xbox exclusives i guess not anymore um because like i'm playing Mm -hmm. it but uh and i will be playing will the wisps the sequel to ori yeah Um, same for sure uh, rather rather soon but i think i need personally i think i need like a palate cleanser because i want to go into it fresh instead of like i personally like don't want to have all like as much of the um familiarity with the mechanics so i can like ease myself into like learning how this game will play instead of like 
my expectations uh, from the first game because I don't I don't know how similar or different they are. So I I just want to be like fresh and on it instead of uh yeah the, uh, I could see that I'm not that way I'm gonna start <laughs> the game as soon as I can honestly yeah. I like wouldn't even mind playing through Ori uh in the blind forest like again like mm-hmm. in more of a speed run sense like I feel like even after I play the second game I mean obviously this might change but to be honest even after I play the second game I feel like I would definitely be willing to go back to playing uh the first game as well and um a different sense like trying the one life mode or like trying to get like all the achievements or whatever just doing as much as i can because that game just like feels so good and honestly it like hasn't aged that much <laughs> like i mean yeah it came out the original version came out in 2015 yeah. and I think uh the definitive edition came out in 2016 or something no it was something like earlier I don't than maybe know. i'm not sure don't, but yeah. either way like the game looks fucking beautiful still like yeah it's it really does look timeless mm. with the style and the technology and whatever. Um, yeah. Maybe platforming and Metroidvanias will change uh, like in the future, but right now it feels really good. Maybe playing Ori two will make that statement um, age very poorly, but we'll find out. Yeah, in a future I, don't know. I, I just feel like it won't like yeah be that much different. Like in my mind, usually for games, I can separate like between ones and twos. Like playing old crpgs like playing fallout one and playing fallout two or or especially fallout two and three it's like yeah yeah okay fallout three is just a completely different game but i can still go back and play those originals it's like i don't know not really that like i I put myself in a state of mind where i'm like yeah okay i played this i know exactly what to expect that's fine i can play this other thing i know exactly what, what to expect like i played through divinity one with ari um knowing that divinity two is like literally so much fucking better but <laughs> playing through divinity one again it's like yeah i still fucking love this game and it's like still good for what it is mm-hmm. i can like put myself in that mindset where i'm like yeah okay this is that this is this experience this is the other experience that i'll get when i play the sequel nicely put well yeah that's it for us uh we, yeah, we talked a lot we'll be uh we'll be catching you next week hey uh i know that there's like people that listen to this podcast the numbers show uh show me that that you do are you like spying on people no i just (laughs) i get our our, i get our metrics when i upload it our our thing but uh hey please reach out to us on uh our socials twitter specifically we're not uploading to youtube uh the podcast anymore because it just doesn't do anything on uh youtube (laughs) if you would like to see us play any of these games we'd be happy to stream them or upload uh videos maybe even do uh face cam reveals or whatever the audience particularly wants yeah uh, let me know if you want me to play uh, any horror game um i won't be scared but I these guys be will be watching I will, so uh, they'll be scared which will I be will funny s- because like i'll baby. definitely put myself in the situations where <laughs> <laughs> i will get the most scare factor Awesome. Um, hey, if you want, we'll um, uh, if uh, if anyone really wants it, we'll try and convince Anthony, known uh, Five Nights at Freddy's hater, to <laughs> to watch us play through all Five Nights at Freddy's. Games. I don't even know if I want to play Five Nights at Freddy's. You can handle that. Aaron, one. Aaron uh, will definitely be the one playing the games. He just said it himself. Anyway, we'll catch you next time. Episode thirty six coming out next week. This is uh, this has been episode thirty five. Catch you next time. Thanks.
Peace.